women feel powerful, feel beautiful. It doesn't matter. Your, your, your inches are not, it is not equivalent to your value. Your value is intrinsic of that. It is independent of that. You book in the job, it doesn't matter how, how, how much you weigh on that scale or not. Because at the end of the day, if you can just charm the pants off of them, then it's like, brava, queen, get it. You're listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott, and coming up in episode 281, the second half of my kick-in-the-pants conversation with actress, producer, stunt performer and coordinator, and champion for diversity in the arts, Michelle Jubilee Gonzalez. I know you guys loved part one. We've gotten so much great feedback about part one, and part two is even better. Michelle shares her race the clock strategy and a few tips on how to calibrate yourself for a kick-ass day, the philosophy that drives her diversity work. She shares some really good book recommendations and talks about why if you're not having fun in this industry, you're doing it wrong. Stay with us. So last episode, we shared a segment with David H. Lawrence, the 17th creator of Camera Ready You, uh, and he talked about Camera Ready You and why it is so crucial in 2017 and beyond to know how to kick ass on camera, especially with self-tapes and video blogs and business presentations and video interviews and podcasts. We've got to have this skill set, and the skill set goes beyond just the performance and just the technology. It's a very, very um, complete approach that David offers in Camera Ready You. Make sure you check out the last-minute self-record audition checklist that David's put together. He shows you how to make your lights, your camera, your sound, and the video itself all second nature. So you can be spending your time on what really counts, which is your acting. That is a completely free report. And as I shared last time, it's really pretty excellent. It's very, very thorough and complete. To get it, just text on camera, all one word, O-N-C-A-M-E-R-A, to 44222 on any smartphone or messaging device. Keep in mind that uh, standard messaging rates may apply if you don't have unlimited messaging. So camera ready you. What will you learn in this course? Well, you'll learn how to set up your lights, your studio, your camera, your mic, how to self-tape yourself on camera, self-tape yourself, uh, how to master business presentations, video podcasts, interviews, online instructions and lessons, marketing videos, how to walk the red carpet and more. You're basically going to learn how to shine on camera, how to be a star wherever you are. Now, if you don't know which camera to use or you don't know which lav or boom mic to buy, if you don't know what to do with your hands or your eyes, if you don't know to to sit or stand, that's uh, all that stuff is huge for me. I, I personally am very self-conscious being on camera or being the focus of attention. And hands and eyes and sitting and standing are big ones for me. So if you're like me, don't worry because Camera Ready You is going to cover all of that stuff. You can become a better on-camera actor and personality and auditioner with Camera Ready You. Be sure to get that free last-minute self-record audition checklist and get on the list by texting on camera. O-N-C-A-M-E-R-A, on camera, to 44222. Again, that's text on camera to 44222 and get ready for Camera Ready You. More details at Camera Ready You, that's you as in university, CameraReadyU.com. All right, guys, welcome to episode 281. AJ and I are recording separately today, but he did uh, send me a few segments to feature here on the show, so I'll play those in, in just a second. Just a few quick announcements before we get started. First off, big, huge, warm welcome to two new members, Amanda Havlicek. Hope I'm saying that right, Havlicek, and Matt Cunningham. It was really great to see you guys in the membership um, and connect with you in there, and I'm so happy and proud and honored to have you as part of the family. Thank you for supporting the show, for making sure that this thing keeps happening. Really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, welcome. Welcome, guys. Uh, also, the next LA Actors Tweet Up is happening this coming Monday, June 26th at 7 p.m. at Busby's East. Now, Ben Whitehair and Carrie Daniel... 
They're the co-hosts of the LA Actors Tweetup, which has been happening for years, and they are personally inviting all LA-based podcast listeners to this free event. Again, Monday, June 26th at 7 p.m. at Busby's East in LA. They're going to be hosting Emmy-winning editor and director Kabir Akhtar. He currently works as an editor, director, and producer on the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and has also worked on the shows New Girl and Arrested Development, among others. So it's going to be a pretty epic and informative evening. It's going to be great for actors, great for filmmakers, great for producers, great for editors, great for anybody really who's in the industry. It's a great place to meet people and build relationships and and uh, I know having Kabir there is going to be, it's just going to set a great tone for the evening. So again, starts at 7 p.m. this coming Monday, June 26th at Busby's East in L.A. Ben and Carrie just ask that you go to the TweetUp website, that's laactorstweetup.com, and join the email list so you can get important event information and the RSVP link. Again, the entry is free, but it's important that you uh, stay on the list in case anything changes last minute and RSVP so they can get a headcount. So hope to see you guys there again monday june 26th 7 p.m busby's east the la actors tweet up with special guest kabir akhtar be there or be square third and final announcement for this episode i'm going to toss it over to aj to give you the details on this jasmine bristow our former director of pr has uh, graciously offered to deliver a mid-year goal-setting session to coincide with our Q2 review, which is the episode that we will be releasing next week. It's going to be on July 1st, which is a Saturday during the day, so hopefully more people can make it. This is going to be open to everyone, non-members and members alike, and we are still working on locking down a location for that, but I wanted to make sure people could uh, mark their calendars now in advance of that. Very, very cool. Love, love, love Jasmine. She has done a lot of the emotional intelligence work that AJ and I have done, and she has such a warm, encouraging, but but firm, no BS, uh, approach to integrity, to goal setting, to facilitating results in people's lives. She's a very talented, very gifted coach, and uh, I'm really proud to be partnering with her on this. So that's coming up. More details uh, coming soon. Also, be sure to check our website, our newsletter, our social media and stuff for all the details on that. But but save the date, July 1st, probably going to be late morning, early afternoon and probably going to be in Culver City, although we're locking down the details now, but very excited about that. As far as updates go, I'm going to toss the mic back to AJ here. He's got some pretty cool stuff to share this week. So I'm sure someone else has come up with this, but I was thinking about how we always talk on the podcast about positivity. And you know that phrase that saying that people have sometimes, the struggle is real? It's become this sort of anthem for millennials, um, our generation. It's, I don't know, it's like this funny thing like, oh, struggle is real. And uh, yeah, sure, you know, I know it's mostly uh, joking, but sometimes people mean it in earnest. Well, I was thinking about all the things that were going on in my life and Trevor's life, and I wanted to, I don't know, impart that you know, sometimes it's just about hard work all the time and you really got to do what you love and love what you do. And all of a sudden, what popped into my mind? Well, I was like, the struggle is real, but really I'm just hustling. So I'm going to change it up and maybe we'll start saying the hustle is real. That's right. The hustle is real. Uh, Not the struggle is real. Who knows? Maybe it'll catch on. Maybe it's cheesy. Maybe I'm uh, talking out my butt, but I think it's cool. So speaking of hustle, that's why it came to mind. These last few weeks have just been a constant uh, crazy whirlwind of work. Obviously being full time now at my job is really challenging. And, you know, every sort of extra minute I get is spent um, reading scripts, going to uh, workshops, um, working the side hustle, um, and, you know, doing my best to also foster uh, a relationship, a a romantic relationship. So, you know, people, I I, I feel like this generation is constantly talking about we're the busiest ever, like the busiest generation. And I, I guess my biggest takeaway from all of this is that there is always 
time. There's always time. You always have time. It is something that you simply must give to yourself. I think we take a lot away from ourselves, a lot of time away from ourselves via, be it, um, you know, social media, you know, unconsciously swiping on our phones, um, working on the sort of lower leverage items, you know, going all the way back to, I think it was Mark Atterbury talking about like people like to have their dreams scratched. You know, sometimes it's easier for us to do these little tiny things and think we're, you know, we're moving toward our ultimate vision when really we're just doing these things to avoid doing that. Um, there's this really funny episode of the British comedy show called Black Books where the main character is doing his taxes and he keeps stopping to do everything else but his taxes, including fold all of his socks, make a suit out of newspaper or receipts or something, uh, just constantly you know, finding some distraction here or there. So that he doesn't actually have to, you know, deal with this big rock that he gets to work on. And I've been lucky enough to have a lot of auditions lately, putting myself on tape constantly. Big shout out to Ben Whitehair for helping me with that as, as well, supporting me with that. And between the auditions, work, workshops, and all this stuff, um, it, yes, it's challenging, and yes, it feels like there's very little time, but I'm also surprised. I keep getting through week after week and going, wow, there was enough time for all of that, even when it looked like there wasn't. So I guess the message here, in addition to the hustle is real, is you have time. You have time. Um, you just have to give it to yourself. You know, when I was growing up, a uh, little story time here. When I was growing up, uh, we had a couple books. You, you've probably heard of them. They're called Life's Little Instruction Manual. They're written by a guy named H. Jackson Brown Jr. There's three books, I think, but the first two I remember being the sort of best ones. And they're just a collection of tiny little like one or two sentence antidotes. And we had those kind of laying around the house as I was growing up. And so I was always reading them. They'd just be around. And this is before, you know, the internet and before iPhones and stuff. So we actually talked and read books and watched TV together and ate meals together and things like that. And these books were always around. And I remember one of the pieces of advice was don't ever say you don't have enough time. You have the same 24 hours in a day and the same seven days in a week that were given to Helen Keller. Johann Sebastian Bach, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., you know, insert famous world-changing person here. You have the same amount of time that those people have. And so when we say if we don't have enough time, what we're really saying, if we own up to it, is that our priorities aren't in alignment with what we say we want. And so a very happy and welcome reminder. And it actually ties in perfectly with the theme for the second half of this chat with Michelle, because she talks very much about... Uh, leveraging your energy and kickstarting your day powerfully and intentionally. And uh, that's, that's just, that's her, that's her language, man. That's how she rolls. The results and her energy, it all speaks for itself. So enjoy part two of my chat with Michelle and we'll catch you on the other side. you do but I, I i you know i'm a morning person myself and it sounds like you are as well and uh, i like to like those first couple hours in the morning are so crucial to me and i just i've over the years i've learned to, to pack in a lot of stuff into my mornings and sometimes i'll i'll be talking to people and say oh yeah like i've done this and this and this and this and this and they'll be like i'm exhausted just thinking about that and i find that i, I hear that a lot and so i'm curious from your perspective if someone said that to you, like, Michelle, I want to I wanna have kind of what you have, but I can't just, like, go from zero to 100. So where would I start? What one thing could I put in place today? What would you say to them? What a wonderful question. Um, I, I, I think it is 
conditioning like anything else. You don't just go from not lifting weights to lifting 200 pounds like overnight. So everything is progressive. If you're not a morning person, find out what time you do wake up. Like if there are people, people wake up at 11 in the morning. I'm like, holy crap, that's half the day gone because yeah. <laughs> people who are who could answer the phone and help you out and connect you to what you need you you've now depleted that that resource to 60 percent. so can you compromise with your sleeping hours and get yourself on a schedule that works more in alignment with the people who you need to be in touch with because if they're getting into the office at eight or nine maybe instead of waking up at 11 don't wake up at six because it's way early for you but maybe 7 30 and maybe from 7 30 to eight o'clock for those 30 minutes, you just do one thing to get yourself, get your mind straight for the day. Maybe it's meditating for those for 15 minutes and visualizing how you want, what you want to accomplish in the day. And you make like a list of things to do of like today, if I could just accomplish this one thing, it would be a great day. Maybe if today I just ate well and not ate any carbs or sugar or crap. It would be a wonderful day. Hey, that's cool. Whatever it is, it's the practice and discipline of goal setting and goal achieving. Get one thing specific and clear in your mind of what you need to get done that day and get it done. Like as soon as possible, make it a race to the clock. How soon can I make this phone call and close the deal? How soon can I get this training done, whether it's an hour of martial arts or an hour of violin or whatever it is that you're trying, an acting class, get it done. Hmm. And the next day say, cool, I got one goal done. Let's see if I can visualize two goals. Maybe today I set up a couple meetings and I get an hour of training in for something. Amazing. That can be done. You've got so many hours in the day. Like, I also wonder what people do with their lives aside from Facebook and Instagram. No judgment here, but it's one of the most counterproductive things that we do is to be stuck to our phones instead of out interacting with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I would say that that's a good place to start. Find a compromise between what it is you're doing and what it is you want and see if you can meet in the middle. Mm. I, I love that. I love what you said too, about like, if you're sleeping till 11, there's no shame in that. Like maybe you need it. Some people have that sort of um, genetic predisposition that, that yeah. disposes them to being night owls. I think anybody can make themselves into a morning person personally. But I also know that it can be really, really difficult for some people to sort of slowly pull themselves out of that. But I like what you said about uh, the rest of the world already being up and halfway done with their day by the time you get up, if you're sleeping until yeah. 11. And so you're just cutting yourself out of so many opportunities by by being out of alignment with that. And so that's an important thing. And I, and I also just want to point out that... Um, what you what you described, like getting that one thing done as quickly as possible, reminds me of a book I read a while ago called Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Have you heard of it? <laughs> no, but what a great title. Eat That Frog. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole idea is like we all have that one big ugly frog on our list every day that we just that if we got rid of that, everything else would be easier. Oh and my so gosh. He calls yes. that his frog and he says the first thing you should do is eat that frog and the rest of your day is a vacation. It's a vacation. Yeah, yeah. If you just, you know, I, I know humans, we all have this tendency to avoid the thing that we don't want to do. Procrastinate and procrastinate. We put it off and we say, no, 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 I'll do it. You know, I, this weekend I'll have time. And then you don't make the time because you're having fun and you don't want to do the thing that's not fun. But honestly, if you just stop thinking about it and throw yourself right into it and say, okay, there's a pile of crap and I need to clean it up like right now, the sooner you do it, the nicer the air in that room is going to smell. Just get it done. Don't think about how it makes you uncomfortable or how you don't like to do it or how it's going to be difficult because you have to think. And you might have to think a little bit out of the box, which for some people is difficult. But go through the motion, at least, of thinking, and you might be surprised when at the end of that process, you're like, oh, I, I did it. It's done. Oh, that's so great. Awesome. What else do I have on my list of things to do? Yeah. I think you start tackling the next things. And it's just, again, it's, 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 you condition your brain to perceive, I don't even want to call it a problem, a situation, whatever, um, to perceive the, the difficult, uh, tasks and say, okay, I'm going to find a way or I'll make a way. I'm going to figure out how to get this done today somehow. 
I'm just going to engineer a solution, make it up because that again, adaptability to be like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to figure it out. There are no instructions in this life and there are no real instructions on how to become successful because there's a, it's a unique path for every single person because we're all snowflakes. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it is so true. Everybody has such a unique set of cards that they're dealt. You come into the world and you don't get to choose your cards. You're just given cards. And if you're clever, you're going to see the strengths in each of those cards and play those up. So if you just tackle your work with that kind of like, ah, like an aggressive, I say aggressive because I think about like attacking things, like you just have to pounce. Because if you get timid is when you get, you fall and you get hurt. And it's like stunts. If you, if you half-ass yourself in the middle of a stunt is when you bail and then you fall and then you get hurt. But if you're like, ah, I'm stronger than the ground and you like tackle it, then it's like, it's, it's really mind over matter. And it's, the physical matter or the task at hand, it's mind over matter. You know, like just attack it, get it done, sink your teeth into it and tear it apart, attack. It's that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You said training your brain. And I think that's so key to it is that we are all constantly conditioning ourselves as to what we believe is possible and what's not just by how we respond. So if we learn to consciously develop the habit of, like you said, attacking and tackling things and just getting them handled, you know, over the course of a few weeks, you start to see yourself as a capable person who can't be stopped, but you have to put in the effort consciously to sort of tell your subconscious that you are that kind of person. And, and frankly, for me, I find that the, one of the most powerful things is, is getting up immediately. Like when my alarm goes off in the morning, I get up right away. I don't hit snooze. Like if I start my day that way, my subconscious gets the message that, Oh, Trevor means business today. <laughs> you know, right. he's not putting shit off, and yeah. so uh, that's a great way to kind of start to kickstart the brain training, I think, and set the tone for the day. I want to shift uh, just because we're we're running out of time, and I don't want to lose out on the conversation about your work in diversity, because I know you're you're producing this documentary called Unapologetic, and you recently spoke on a SAG After panel about diversity in the industry. So there's there's sort of two pieces to this. Number one is is diversity. Just, just general, like, let's move away from the, um, the uh, focus on the white narrative and more towards a more representative uh, <laughs> reality. And then secondly, uh, the, the documentary is about the pressures that women are facing in the industry specifically. And to that, I have to admit, I can't relate being a guy. So um, I, let's start with the first piece, which is diversity, because I know I, I've been to Miami and I freaking love that city. It is so beautiful in every way, shape and form. And uh, as we spoke about earlier, it is a very diverse place as well. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your work uh, in the diversity, I guess, movement for lack of a better word? Sure. Um, so one of the reasons I've, I've chosen to, to, to lay the groundworks for myself as a producer is because I realized that in order to start to change what is happening behind and in front of the camera, I needed to be one of the key decision makers. So that would be a producer or an EP or a developer or the content creator or the writer. So, which again, which is why I'm in UCLA taking these writing classes. Cause I'm like, well, it starts with the script and then it goes to the producers and it goes to the cat and there's all these decision makers who either put on their filter of what they want to see or, can step back and say, wait, what is the best way to reflect this story in a way that everybody can relate to it? All colors, all cultures, all, all that stuff. So the projects that I've worked on thus far have always, always vouched to be like, A, let's get the best people for the job, first and foremost, because we obviously want the talent. And B, if we can keep, if we can include more of everyone, then it's just going to be a balanced team. Because everybody has, again, those strengths and weaknesses. Like, you see things from your culture that I don't see. You see things as a man that I don't see. Because we're men and we're men. We're, we're, you know, we have a different lens on life. And that's so valuable when it comes to filmmaking and producing. Because I need your insight as a man. And I need your insight as an, as an Indian, as an Asian, as an African American, as a Latina, as a, as a disabled person, as a little person, as a big Overweight person. I need everybody's insight because art should reflect life. Art often reflects life. 
And when it doesn't, it excludes the people who are supposed to be enjoying it. So I always am, am championing to make roles for what we wouldn't expect it to be. You know what I mean? Like there was this one, um, geez, even just a music video, but in music video, this one girl had a bunch of white friends and I was like, so your backup dancers are all going to be white. (laughs) I I hate to say it like that, but what if we put, you know, a little bit of color up there and nothing wrong with white people. I love white people. I love all people really. Uh, but I was just like, wouldn't it be nice if we could have a little bit of representation for all these other people so that they just see the lead as white but she's also surrounded by like the colors of the rainbow because i respond to that and i trust my feelings if i respond to it i know other people are going to respond to it too because i'm not alone in this feeling there's a script I'm, i'm producing right now wonderful story and it's about two sisters and they both happen to be caucasian and then their mom's Caucasian, and the aunt is Caucasian, the dad's Caucasian. I'm like, okay, great, I get it. It's a white family. Can somebody be adopted, <laughs> or, or can the girlfriend be like, you know, black Asian and a lesbian? Like, just make it all of it. Because why not? The story is still good. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? If the story's strong, then you can just literally sprinkle in color, and it'll work just as well, if not better, because you're breaking what has been decades and generations of viewing a story through what what had what's preceded me you know what preceded me was a white male and again nothing wrong with that but they've they've put on what they know they put on what they've they're familiar with they've put on what how their lens on life but that lens is is limited which is why I'm not saying oh I just want a fully Hispanic Arab show because that's my lens no my lens is like I, I shattered my lens. I'm like, let me see everything. Let me see everyone. Let me put everybody I can in there because I think that's so much more interesting. A good example of this is like Aziz Ansari in Master of None. Brilliant. He's so brilliant. He did an episode in season two and he had three um, deaf actors carry on a scene and it was so brilliantly shot and performed. And I have not seen another show that has used a deaf performer. Hmm. That's just an example of storytelling, like, whew, taken to the next level. I applaud Aziz. I admire his work so much. And I would love to be on the same level of that kind of creative inclusiveness, you know, to, to be part of that change, to be part of that diversity that we got. We start to see how our world is, is represented on the screen. Yeah. You know, I, I, we have such a huge responsibility as storytellers to... The way I think of it is that culture, right? This this collection of myths that we all have about how people should be in the world. Everything from how we behave when we're confronted with a difficulty all the way up through how we treat our animal cousins and our environment and our ecology. It's like all of that, the only way that's transmitted from one generation to the next is through stories. That's how it works. And it's like if we are constantly... Th- if we call ourselves storytellers and then we're throwing up stories onto the screen or onto the stage that are only representative. And I'm of course, you know, there's, there's power and specificity. I'm not, I'm not knocking like a specific story, but I'm saying if we take into account that we're not telling everybody to behave and walk and talk and act and think like a specific demographic, then like that's that's the kind of responsibility we have we have to tell a story that's going to be representative of of the kind of world we want to create i feel like i'm not articulating this well but like the idea is that like we have a responsibility to to diversity and i think you're speaking into that beautifully and and i i want to be very cautious about um saying oh well a white male has been making the decisions for so long i mean that's just a fact and i'm not saying to exclude them from now on, because it's obviously not the solution, but to to be sensitive, to hear everybody's voice, and to see everybody's color fairly represented. I, I, I had a conversation with a few colleagues on set the other day. They were all men. Um, <laughs> and for some reason, this conversation of like gender equality for directors, like that we don't have enough female directors and this and that and female producers, and it came up. You know, I, I'm I, I I aim to be as diplomatic as possible when sharing my my point of view on the subject. But they're like, oh, 
that's silly. Why would a woman want to be directing? I'm like, what? Whoa. Oh my gosh. And these are, these are contemporaries. Like we're not that far apart in age, but it just, it showed me something so important that the generation to generation thinking, it's like you inherit that perspective to a certain extent. And I think only through conversation and good dialogue, respectful dialogue, can we really make things, you know, inclusive and fair? And it's about leveling, leveling the playing field so we all can play. Yeah. And it's not just for like, can you be one of the boys? No, let me just be a woman. Let me just be myself and play with the boys. But I don't need to be one of the boys because I'm not a boy. I'm not a guy. Like, but I can be just as tough and just as strong and just as you know, clever when it comes to financing and, and producing and being resourcefulness as any of you guys. So it's like, why don't, why don't we just, again, remove these labels and get the best people for the job, regardless of their color or gender, religious or religion, et cetera, because that would be really nice. I feel like we would make so much better stories because we'd have fresh voices contributing. And I think that's going to, that's already happening. We're starting to see that shift. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be, to, to, be a part of this wave of change. Um, and yeah, we'll see what, what, how things develop over the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, there's, there's no faster way to fast forward the evolution, the evolution of the, of the human race, the collective consciousness. It's like if we are storytellers, we have responsibility because we have a voice, um, that we're using in a very sort of powerful way. And so, you know, people's minds are impressionable. And so what we tell them will often be internalized and interpreted and then applied with in ways that we could never imagine, but we got to make sure that our, our, uh, our motivation is in the, the right place. So that's, that's awesome. And I do, you were speaking about women and I want to talk about this because your documentary unapologetic is about pressures that women are facing in the industry. And our very own production coordinator, Jen Levin, uh, from what I understand, is, is, is appearing in this film. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about this. What, what pressures are women facing in this industry and what does this, this film address? Well, I think women um, throughout history always have more pressures than men. Um, and in this industry, the pressure of staying as youthful as possible. It's a race against the clock. It's a race about against the, the weight, the number on the scale. It's a race against the inches on your waist. Like, ah, you don't get the part because you're a little thicker. You're not the lead lady because you're not pretty enough. Like, it's like, ah, there are a few women who have broken past that because they're just so darn charismatic and brilliant. And so, I mean, look at Melissa McCarthy. She's a brilliant actress. She's wonderful, you know, but yeah. that's fine. Let, let's, how many more can we think of that are like that, that have really broken past the, the physical boundaries of what like Hollywood calls, you know, the Hollywood standard of a leading lady. Yeah. She's, she's an anomaly and she's brilliant. And I, I think she's, she's just fantastic. Um, mouse one person. How many leading ladies have you seen and they're all gorgeous and they're former models or they're current models or whatever? And it's like the whole my whole point with that was like, you know, there is a pressure to try and be as aesthetically pleasing as possible. I get it. It's the industry. An aesthetic is important. I get it. I'm not trying to change that at all. I'm not trying to change the industry. But what I'm trying to do is empower women to do similar to what Melissa McCarthy did of like just own who she is, how she is, no apologies walk in the room, own the room, and just be brilliant. Mm -hmm. No apologizing for my size. Who cares about my size when I've got all this charm? Oh my gosh, I'm heavy in charm. Like, great, go go crazy. I want, I'm like, it's, it's such an interesting and complicated subject matter, actually. It's a very tricky, <laughs> tricky documentary for us to like, to, to direct and piece together because you know, the, the whole thing of being unapologetic is not to encourage us letting ourselves go and be like, you know, overweight or lazy or whatever. And just have like a, you can pass, go collect $200 and just be a lazy ass. Like that's not what I'm suggesting. But for those of you, for those of us women who work hard, train hard, and we still have that extra couple of inches or, you know, we've always just had a cheeky face or whatever the case is. It's like, I would like for women to not feel the pressure to get Botox and fillers and boob implants and all sorts of stuff. 
you know, just to try and fit into a mold that isn't made for everybody. You know, it's only made for a specific type of person or body type. And I feel like that kind of exclusivity, it does just that. It excludes people from participating. And those people who are being excluded are actually, they have really great voices. They have really great interpretation. They have wonderful heart. And I would love to see them have opportunities to shine more. Hmm. So that's what this uh, documentary is going to be exploring. Yeah, that, it reminds me of uh, a saying. I ah, Who said it? Maybe Winston Churchill or somebody, but that's uh, probably not right. But uh, somebody, some popular historic figure said, uh, who you are speaks so loudly that I can't hear a word you're saying. Yes. And I think, oh, and I think put another way, it's that people don't really usually remember uh, what we say, but they, they remember who said it and how it makes them feel like exactly. that is, that is where it comes from. And if a woman walks in and she just owns it, like, I God, I have a couple stories about this where I've met a woman th- that just visually, I was like, okay, you know, whatever, just another person. And the way she showed up, I was like, boom, oh. <laughs> are you single? Like, you know, <laughs> Yes. Like I, I didn't care what <laughs> yes. she looked like after the first two minutes of her talking, and uh, and that's just you know an example of of a very specific example. I mean, this goes for anybody, of course. But I mean, I think when it comes to women in this industry, walking into a room knowing that you're being judged for the moment you walk through that door, based on all these superficial things, just to know that who you are speaks way louder than anything else is is extremely powerful, and that really does support the diversity movement. You know, it's it just it's so interesting that I, I'm I'm listening to you share your thoughts about this. I'm like, there's a there's a consistent thread in me, a desire in me to empower people, whether it's through diversity or through just you know attacking the day and being and letting yourself feel powerful that you can own the day, you can conquer this. And I, I wonder how the world would feel if we didn't feel so helpless to the greater forces that are moving things, whether it's government and politics and religion and this and social conditionings, like if we could strip all of that away and just allow ourselves to be fully actualized humans, how different we would interact with each other, how different we would feel, how different this human experience would be. Like I'm fascinated to see what would happen. So in a sense, I'm constantly playing the social experiment of like what happens if the, every interaction I have, I leave that person slightly more empowered or slightly more inspired to be empowered like can i be the 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 pebble that hits the river to cause that ripple effect so the documentary is just like a blip on my radar of like what i what my purpose is in this on this planet (laughs) to be like women feel powerful feel beautiful it doesn't matter your 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 inches are not is not equivalent to your value your value is intrinsic of that it is independent of that you book in the job, it doesn't matter how, how, how much you weigh on that scale or not, because at the end of the day, if you can just charm the pants off of them, <laughs> then it's like, brava, queen, get it. Um, and I, I, I want us to feel like a tribe of encouraging warriors, that we encourage each other to fight to become our best versions and to put our best versions out into the world, into our art, into the room, into every relationship. Because I feel like that is what's going to shift our social consciousness to the higher level. Gee, you know, Michelle, I'm listening to you, listening to you speak, and there's a part of me that's the producer of the podcast, listening to you and going and just like s- s- trying to mentally tag some sound bites, and I, I just, I can't, I'm overwhelmed. Like every uh, everything that comes out of your mouth, I'm like, oh, that'd be a good sound bite. Oh, that'd be a good sound bite. Yeah, because you are speaking our language, man. Uh, this is this is amazing. Um, we're we're tight on time, so I I do sadly have to wrap this up. We'll have to bring you back because I want to talk more about your production experience and things like that and we were just getting to the the life mission philosophy stuff which really which really activates me i love that stuff but i i want to ask just a, a couple of questions to wrap things up and the first one is i i love that you have a sort of ritual in the mornings of going for a run and listening to an audiobook or or making the intention to fill your brain and your heart and your soul with something positive and uplifting and empowering so if you had to if I asked you to recommend just one book that somebody could pick up and listen to or, or read that would have a good positive impact on their life, what would that one book be? 
let me go to my Audible. Hold on, because he's turning my phone. Um, so I have Awakening Your Inner Genius by Sean Patrick. I have You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I have The Five Second Rule to Transformation by Mel Robbins. There is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by ah, Mark Manson. I read that recently. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. I mean, there's such a there's such a power in saying, you know what? I love you, but I'm not. I, you know, when you walk into the room, you give these people so much power in deciding whether you're going to feel good about it. But if you're like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm just going to feel good. Whether I get it or not, I'm just going to give myself permission to be so freaking great and to just have so much fun unabashedly, unapologetically, I'm going to just let myself go and have a freaking blast. There's a power in saying fuck you to the job so you can say yes to having fun. Yes. Because that changes everything. So yeah, so that's those Those are a couple of books that I have on my Audible that I, I put on my, you know, I listen to it while I'm I'm running. There's also the like switch um, by Jack Schaefer and Marvin Ka, I can't see it, Carlin, I think. Um, those are a couple that I have on here. And what else? Deepak Chopra, Affirmations in the Morning. He's got like, that's on my iPod. That's different. This is my phone, my Audible. Um, but yeah, I mean, just go on Amazon or Audible or whatever and look up like, you know, self-improvement books and th see, find the ones that have the best ratings and what people are saying about them in the reviews and just download them. It's money well spent. Yeah, because it's an investment. Hear stories. Yeah, you're going to hear stories that are going to like hopefully trigger something in you to be like, oh, man. Just that one thing, and then all of a sudden you think about it all day, and it just it shifts the frequency of how you approach your day, your work, yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, so, that 15, 16 bucks a month or whatever it is for the basic plan could be worth millions of dollars in a year or two for you if you really apply the information. Um, not you specifically. Well, you specifically, but anybody listening, you know? Anybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's like let's take away the money for a second. Cause I also don't want us to be motivated just because of the money. But imagine if just, if the journey of being more just happier and more grounded in yourself, there's no value. There's no price tag to that because you can go through the motions and be miserable and you can go through the motions and be calm and trusting that the ocean is taking you where you need to go. The money will be there. The money will come. And if you're doing the right stuff and, and working on your craft, it'll inevitably come to fruition. Uh, somebody said this to me recently, you don't get fired from this industry, you quit, hmm. which was powerful because I was like, well, you don't get fired. That means you just got to keep on keeping on. You got to just stay persistent and keep believing that, you know, that whether you make a gazillion dollars or not, that this is what you want to do with your life and you're going to find a way to make it fruitful for yourself. Um, awesome. So we have two questions that we like to ask all our guests as we wrap up. And the first one is, do you feel that this um, industry, this career path, everything we've talked about today, do you feel that this chose you or that you chose it? Wow. Isn't that a mystery? <laughs> ah, did I choose it or did it choose me? That's a very difficult question because I was born into this world with a mom who loved the arts. And so I was I was like a piece of stardust hurtling through space. And then I was like, she's going to be my mom. Boom. And then I came through her and then she showed me the music and this and that. And it was just history. I was like, yep, this is perfect. So I don't know. I don't know how quantum physics or quantum psychology works, on, you know, in a super duper detailed level. But I feel like the little piece of spirit that we all come from the same fabric kind of thing, um, that spirit found the perfect parents to be loved by. And to be encouraged to to find my light and my expression through that, um, and I feel like it's two things. Like I was, I feel, and I know in my heart that it doesn't matter how much money I make or how little I make. That I really, all I want to do is this industry and every aspect that I get to play in this industry, whether it's voiceover, stunts, producing, acting, music, composition, whatever it is. I just want to be with this really uniquely awesome community of storytellers. I don't, I feel so at home. I feel like it's my tribe. I feel like I've known people forever. And, and that is what I want to enjoy 
for the rest of my life. It's kind of tricky. Did it choose me or did I choose it? I feel like we chose each other. Hmm. You know? It's like you go on this journey looking for your soulmate or your soul career. And I feel like this is my soul career. Like I've been looking and training and studying. And, and when you're like, oh, this feels like home. That embrace of like, ah, oh, hi guys, hey, it's 5 a.m., I'm gonna have a great day, woo! Like, that embrace feels like I found my my true love in that sense. You know, not like a romantic sense, but like, yes, this is home. This is my artistic home. Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. And our last question is, if you could take everything in your life, uh, everything on this journey specifically, too, and condense it down into one nugget of wisdom or advice to pass along to somebody who is also walking this path with you, what would that nugget of wisdom or advice be? Hmm. Follow your joy. I feel like the word joy is what was ringing in my head when you were asking me that. And I feel like if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And they're gonna <laughs> <truly>. <laughs> like soundbite. <laughs> yeah, if you're not I having fun, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah. And it's so simple because, like, you know, waking up at, for a three a.m. call, like I did this past week in, in a job for Fear the Walking Dead, like that's not easy, but it was so worth it. And did I have a great time that day with all my friends? Absolutely. And so I was like, great, I'm doing it right. And we had a, a freaking seventeen hour day. It was so. It was like really long. But I had such a blast. I had so much fun. And, I, and, and that is, I think, our emotions are our guiding, our guidance tract. You know, like the, in the thing in the wind that tells you to go in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do they call that thing? Whatever. The little arrow in the wind that says you're going in the right direction, you're moving with the current. When you have that kind of fun, I feel like that's a sign that things are in alignment. And when you feel yourself angry sad, depressed, anxious, that is the arrow pointing in the opposite direction, showing you resistance. So that means either you're moving in the wrong direction or you have to find your alignment to, to find the way to make it fun. Like remember I was like, Hey, I used to do homework and I made it a game. I tried to make it fun for myself. So that thing of finding the joy and following your joy, I think is everything because you can have all the money in the world. And that doesn't make, that doesn't make you a happy person. You can have all the liposuction in the world and be super duper beautiful and look like a freaking Barbie doll and you still won't be happy. So it's like, it's not about these superficial things that are important to a certain extent, like, you know, making yourself, your self-esteem good, making sure you have money to pay your bills. Great. That's nice. It's not about those things. This life experience, I think, is about finding the joy and discovering our light and our expression. However that is, some people express themselves through legal talk and they're freaking brilliant lawyers. There's some people who express themselves with the care of stitching your tendons when they have to do reconstructive surgery. Um, and that's how they express themselves. So it's like, find the thing that lights you up and attack it with so much joy and so much love and just go fiercely into that because then your journey is just a, a beautiful roller coaster of awesomeness. And we're all going to go to the same place. We're all going to die. So at least enjoy the journey as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. There, we all have an inner GPS, don't we? That tells us when we're on course or off course. And it tells us by how we feel, what our emotions are. Yeah. It's really pretty, quite simple when it comes down to it. Follow the joy. Yeah. yeah. Pursue, the joy. pursue what gives you energy. Uh, Michelle, this has been absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to share this with us. I cannot wait to get this out to the community because I have a feeling that this conversation is going to inspire a lot of people to make big changes in their lives, which is going to just lift the consciousness and the vibration of the entire human race. And I know that sounds like a really grand statement to make, but that's literally what I feel right now. I am lit up by, by, by chatting with you. So thank you for sharing yourself. Your, your spirit is absolutely gorgeous and, and, uh, you're doing awesome stuff in the world just by how you are choosing to be every single day. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It, it, if people want to connect with you online, I know that you're on a few of the social media sites, but where, where can people go to, to find out more about you and, and say hi? 
uh, easiest way is just look up Michelle Jubilee. That's my handle on everything. So facebook.com backslash Michelle Jubilee, Twitter, Instagram. Those are like the main ones that I use. I think that's the easiest way, Michelle Jubilee. Okay, great. We'll have links to all of that on our website so people uh, can connect with you and say hi. And, And again, Michelle, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure and honor. Awesome. Thank you so much, Trevor. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and um, look forward to the next one. Hey guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part two of my chat with Michelle Jubilee Gonzalez, one of my favorites for sure. I know I say that a lot, but uh, this one was a real kick in the pants. And since this interview happened a few weeks ago, I have recommitted myself to my GTD practice. GTD for the uninitiated stands for getting things done. It's a productivity philosophy and a book an ideology really uh, sort of mm, assembled by a guy named David Allen. That combined with some of the stuff I learned in Evan Pagan's course, Wake Up Productive, you know, around energy cycles and, you know, the first few hours of your day and things like that. I just, I've really approached that aspect of my life with a lot more intentionality. It's interesting, you know, if you think about it and we each take a look at our lives, we can always see what's important to us based on our results. Like results don't lie. We can talk one game and then live another game. And sometimes... It can be tough to acknowledge that. As I said before, it can be a tough pill to swallow. But if you can close that gap between what you say you want and what you actually act on and bring those things into closer alignment, there's a lot of energy to be found there. It's one of those like weird fusion things that, that, that once there's no more friction in that area of your life, things really start to, to take on a supercharged energy of their own. And, and I do believe that's one of the keys to happiness It's just being consistent between your actions and your words and your thoughts. AJ, uh, what is your pick of the week? All right. So my pick of the week is a little on the pricey side, but for what it can do, it's pretty awesome. And if you ever find a deal on it somewhere, I would highly recommend you not thinking twice and picking it up. I've been getting a chance at work to play around a lot with something called the DJI Osmo. Uh, Osmo Mobile, to be uh, more specific. Now, DJI is a company that makes a lot of really high-end drones, uh, especially drones that take video and, and of course, photography as well. Um, But they've made this app-enabled gimbal for any smartphone, uh, but, uh, of course, I've been using it with my iPhone, and it works really well with with the iPhone and the DJI Go app that you can download from the App Store. And it does it has all these really cool features like um, motion time lapse and facial tracking, and um, <clears throat> you know allowing you to. Uh, one of my favorite features is that there's this little trigger on the back of this gimbal, and when you pull it, it allows you to move the handle independently of the gim- gimbal itself, and so you can actually get to the side of the camera. And if you walk straight, if you think about you being sort of parallel to the camera as opposed to perpendicular as opposed to looking directly into the screen if you're parallel to it and you walk straight you essentially turn yourself into a dolly and you don't need a four-wheel you know traditional dolly you have this thing which allows you to also you know basically have a steady cam so it's all of these things sort of rolled into one so yes it's three hundred dollars it's a bit pricey but for all our all our diy um filmmakers out there it is a very cool tool, and so many films are now being shot on smartphones. I just, I, I've been playing around with it so much. I'm falling in love with it. I don't make films as much as uh, some of my, you know, friends and some of the listeners out there do, and I still am thinking about picking one up because it's just so awesome. All of the different features uh, that this thing can do. So the DJI Osmo Mobile. Uh, you can ch- check it out. There'll be a link in uh, in the show notes for that. And one little caveat before I let you go, <clears throat> or not a caveat really, but one little note before I let you go. I just want to say this because if this comes to pass, I I I want to say I was there, and I not that I predicted it. I'm sure someone else who's more, smarter than I am has predicted this, but I think 
that we are going to see in the credits of films very shortly, right around the corner, if it hasn't already happened, I think we're going to start to see the words drone pilot in the credits of feature films and maybe even television shows. It is becoming such an amazing way to capture footage. And I think if you are at all interested in drones, in flying them, racing them, using them for various business purposes, whatever you're doing, keep at it or get better at it because I guarantee you we're going to start to see the words drone pilot in the credits of, of films. And DJI is one of the companies leading the way. Some of their drones are some of the best in the market as far as, um, as doing as far as it comes to, you know, filmmaking. So anyway, just throwing that out there, a little bonus on my pick of the week. I've seen a lot of these things around and I agree. I, I love it. I think this stuff is, is really, really cool. We're, we're in a very amazing time when it comes to artistic expression. The technology is enabling anybody anywhere to express any story and do it really, really well and just let their creativity fly. Love it. My pick of the week is a TED Talk uh, by a woman named Susan Kane. She wrote a book called Quiet, which I haven't read yet, but it's about, I guess it's about the power of introverts, introverts versus extroverts. And the TED Talk that she gives is sort of a summary of her book, although I, I still very much want to read the book. But it was, I have to say, watching this TED Talk was kind of a breath of fresh air for me because I, I am probably uh, at least a 60-40 introvert to extrovert ratio. I like to be alone. I don't like to be lonely, but I like to be alone. I need to do, I need to be alone and in a quiet space by myself, undistracted to do my best work. And I need regular, very regular doses of that alone time. When I'm in social circumstances or around people, I can only go for like 20, 25 minutes before I need to like duck into a bathroom and just like gather my thoughts and just be alone for a while. It's just the way I am. And I always thought I was weird. I, I love reading. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I've gotten a lot of flack over the years for reading so much. And, and I always thought I was kind of a weirdo or that something was wrong with me or that I had this big kind of problem in my life that I was born with that I had to work to overcome. And this Ted talk was really a breath of fresh air because it, it, it not only did I realize by listening to what she had to say that, that I'm not alone, but that actually there is a lot of power in that and that it does contribute to the balance in the world. Some people are naturally extroverted and they don't have the gifts that an introverted person has and can bring to the world and vice versa. But I think it's interesting that she talks about how our culture is built around uh, celebrating extroversion and sort of demonizing or, or at least looking down at introversion when they're both very, very important. And I just did a little bit of research, looked at her website. She's got a whole movement based on this stuff. So very cool. Check out the TED Talk. It's called The Power of Introverts. Link to it is on our website. And uh, it's, it's really fantastic. All right, so that is the DJI Osmo Mobile device for your smartphone camera and a TED Talk from Susan Kane called The Power of Introverts. That does it for episode 281, produced and co-hosted by me, Trevor Algott, and AJ Meyer. Jen Levin is our production coordinator. Gadali Gubrek is our marketing and web director. Deborah Smith is our community manager. Grace Gordon is our director of public relations. And Fern Lim designed our logo. Trevor Algott edited and mixed today's episode and composed our theme and interview music. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes over at our website, InsideActing.net. You can also find us on social media and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute and you want to go ahead and help us out, leave us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps a lot. It helps us advance in the search rankings and it helps other people find uh, and trust that uh, they're subscribing to something worthwhile. Big thanks to our sponsor, Camera Ready You, and a big thanks to you guys, our listeners. You make this thing happen. You are the reason for the season. Visit our website to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. Get links to everything we've talked about in this episode. And if you'd like, support the continued production of the show with either a one-time financial contribution, no amount is too small or too large, or you can become an ongoing contributor as part of our membership. Just visit us at InsideActing.net to learn more and how and to show us some love. We made it as easy as we can for you to uh, invest in the future of this podcast. And every dollar that you send us goes right back into making a better show. Thank you so much to everybody who's contributed so far. And if you are considering contributing, thank you very much for doing that as well. 
That's it for episode 281 of Inside Acting. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, the hustle is real. Hustle is real.